Welcome and thank you for joining us on The Breakthrough Factor, a podcast and YouTube show where your host, Jess Boss, interviews entrepreneurs, athletes, and financial professionals to find out what it takes to break through barriers to health, wealth, and taking ownership of your life. If you're feeling stuck in your career or seeking advice on how to overcome obstacles all the way to building your fitness and finances, this is a show for you. Hey friends, it's me, Jess Bost, back with another episode of The Breakthrough Factor. And today's guest is Curtis Bailey. Curtis is the owner and founder of Quiet Wealth, a flat fee only planning firm. Uh, Curtis has an undergraduate degree in economics and finance, an MBA from Xavier University, He is a certified financial planner, a chartered retirement planning counselor, an enrolled agent, and a chartered financial analyst. Um, I was going to try to do all that in one breath, and then I just decided to bail on that idea. There's no way. Uh, On the front end of that, it's all good. This is the start of the conversation where it's like I'm blindly ambitious, and I do things like this that like it makes it awkward for people to try to have a conversation with me because I'm like, I'm not, I'm not done yet. I've not finished talking about myself. I'm really, really important. Uh, right. Yes. No. I, yeah. My original plan was to try to do that one breath. I can't do that. That's, that's a lot. Yeah. So welcome, Curtis. So glad to have you here. Yeah. Th- thank you so much for having me. And um, you, as, as you know, but uh, to the whole audience here, you are such an inspiration to me, and I, I really thank you for um, everything that you've done uh, for me, and just basically being yourself. I, I think it's it's uh, amazing to see someone uh, kind of put themselves out there and just continue to kind of develop and hone uh, who you want to be. Um, and, and I've really appreciated watching you grow, and um, you know, ho- hopefully someday I'll. Uh, grow myself, you know, we'll see. Uh, I think we're, thank you, first of all, for that. Those are some um, really meaningful words. And, and you and I have talked a little bit about just how our journeys have been similar. And so thank you for that too. I think it's going to be quite apparent by the end of this show that you've done a lot of growing yourself. And now that I've gone through all the titles, I do want to go back for a minute and just say one more thing, because I believe it's really important for people to know uh, this about you. The Curtis with all the titles behind his name is the same Curtis that is also very approachable and welcoming and super fun and genuine to talk to. So putting that out there. That's, that's kind of you to say, and uh, yeah, ho- hopefully as people get to know me and hear me, um, that's, that's what they, they find. Um, it's something that's really important to me. I mean, I, I think uh, finance can be really intimidating and I, I just don't know why it has to be that way. I mean, I, I kind of will probably go through this a little bit more, but I, I what was it last week? I was meeting with someone um, who, who I've known for a really long time and we were just reminiscing about how when we started in the industry, I mean, it was just expected, like you wore your suit coat, you had a white shirt, like you had, I mean, it was all very formal, you know, like people talked about like, you have scuffs on your shoes type of thing. And like, that just was so disingenuous to me. And it really had like this 
misalignment of like, what's the point of money and like, how do we get people to have a better life um, and, and kind of have money kind of fall into the background, I think is a big piece of it. And to me, that starts with just showing up and, and listening and being present for who people are. And yes, there's pieces that you have to like, I don't, I don't know that I was going to go with like a PE ratio. I mean, maybe you don't know what a <laughs> PE ratio is, but it, you know, there are some things where, where it's knowing the difference between a standard deduction and itemized deductions. And there are technical pieces to the career that are important. Um, but I, I think ultimately, you know, how you actually have that conversation with people is just so much more important uh, than really trying to show them how smart you are. Um, it, at least that's kind of been my experience thus far. Yeah, I think that's very well said. And it's it's a, a welcome change for for me, for sure. What you've what you've been able to do accumulate the knowledge and the understanding and the titles that go along with that, but then also being able to turn it around and translate it into a client experience that is welcoming and inviting is is very very cool. So very cool. Who is high school Curtis? Did you know you wanted to go into finance? Um, did you know you're going to try to get all the certifications possible? <laughs> the, you know what was your what was your kind of I, like what what moved you into finance? Yeah, yeah. Um, and and I feel like uh, I I don't know very very pr- privileged in being able to say this. I I don't feel like my upbringing. I, I mean, my mom was a teacher, and then a stay at home mom worked at a homeless shelter, and then uh, for a realty association. Uh, my dad was in the auto manufacturing world throughout his career. Um, I went to high school in Greenfield, Indiana. Uh, which if there's someone that's listening to this that can spot Greenfield on the map, I would actually, that's probably not true because I, I know a few people that are from Indianapolis <laughs> that might actually be able to do that. Um, but 90% of the people listening could not spot Greenfield <laughs> on a map. Uh, and, and yet, you know, there was a program there that was the Academy of Finance. Um, and it just was kind of that beginning for me of, uh, winning our regional, winning our state, going to the national competition. Um, I, I don't know, I'll, I'll, I'll do the story, which is like embarrassing, but I, I feel like <laughs> it just kind of helps make a connection, um, which is, I, I used to joke in high school, I was like, you probably heard of this guy, Charles Schwab. Well, just, you know, write it down. Curtis Bailey is the new one. Like, I'm going to build a big brokerage firm. I mean, this is kind of like dot-com era, right? So like, yeah, yeah. you know, one of my, mm-hmm. my geometry teacher was actually on the cover of Forbes uh, for being a day trader. Um, so like high school for yeah. me was definitely a period where like stocks and investing just was really intriguing. It kind of set me up for kind of that next stage of going into economics and going into finance and um, you know, of course, as a high schooler, I, I thought like my band was going to take off and I was going to live a very, very different life uh, than, than finance. But, you know, there, there's always a piece of like, 
you have to go through school, you have to do something. Fine, yeah, finance was your backup. Plan. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, I mean, harnessing the earthworm was clearly a great name that was likely to hit the top of the charts at some point. Did you say harnessing the earthworm? Yeah, uh, that's rough, right? <laughs> no comment. <laughs> I know it's probably very special, so I'm just going to no, reserve. Yeah, you, you, there's no further question there. That's not allowed. Yeah. Oh, that's so. Yeah. So, I mean, you're. That's cool. Finance Academy, and the opportunity to really dig in, and it just sounds like your environment was shaped around you. This culture of, of finance is cool, and finance is something I'm good at, and it is something that I could be very successful in. So, yeah. yeah. So if that's me, I'm going to college and starting off on in finance too. Right. Yeah. And, and, and I think yeah. I, I, even at, at that point kind of understood the, what I'll call like the breadth of that, of, you know, at, at one level like investments was the, the piece, but I also understood that like that could become corporate finance or that could become investment banking and therefore kind of understanding that it's not fully locked in, uh, that there's a lot more to learn and to do there, uh, but it also helps to really kind of, I think, know early that, you know, this is where I wanted to head. So like trying to understand what is the program available to me? Um, and uh, even at that point, like understanding a little bit about internships uh, was mm -hmm. a piece of like, understanding which university was I going to choose and was there going to be some type of connection to the community there where that was something that was going to be available to me. Um, I recognize I have a lot of privilege uh, in understanding that kind of pushed me into a, a direction. Um, and it's not that there wasn't any effort there um, to, to get my internship. I uh, called Merrill Lynch nine months in a row um, and was told no. Like uh, the, the management team there was like, yes, fine. Like if if you, if you stop calling us, we'll we'll put you to work here. Um, so, Persistence. Yeah, and and then you know I was the guy that like showed up to college classes wearing a suit because. No, that was my life at that point. I just went straight from like class to work and, you know, that transition, you know, I think graduation was on Saturday and Monday, um, you know, I was almost like back to what I was doing, you know, the, the year prior. Yeah. So, I mean, at this point you are, I mean, you're in financial services. Mm -hmm. Do you love it? I just always had this like angst of where I was like, this just doesn't fit. And, you know, part of it was where I just remember going back to this like white shirt thing. Um, I had gone to Macy's and you know, the salesperson had helped me pick out this like light green shirt and this tie that matches with it. And I just thought it looked great. Um, like I went in, um, my boss arrived and he was like, you need to go home and change. And, and I was just like, what? It's like, yeah, you, you can't wear that in front of clients. Um, so like I went home and changed. And you know, I mean, if that's not like 
crazy thing that you're like, what am I doing here? Like, who, who am I as a person? But it's also mm-hmm. what you're told to do, right? Like, mm-hmm. I mean, it's your humor story. It's like, I took all the steps. Like, I put myself in a position <laughs> to, to all the succeed. Things. Like, I guess this is just part of success, right? Like, you just, mm-hmm. you've got to look mm-hmm. the part, you, you know, like, I didn't have a beard then, clearly. I mean, that would have been fireball offense. Um, <laughs> You know, and and I, I think um, I know one of the the points, and we've talked about this story before, but uh, that was such a change for me. Was I, I was sitting down? And it was actually when I was in my internship, um, and with this couple, and they had decided that they wanted to retire. So I, I prepped all the materials um, uh, and was going through the normal review. So talking about asset allocation and here's your sector allocation and here's the changes that we want to make and then kind of transitioned over to the retirement analysis to basically say, yes, you can retire. Like the, the math says you have enough money that you can go ahead and retire. And I just was like, well, what are you going to do? Like, I mean, the science checked out. Huh? Yeah. I'm like, you know, build rapport, right? Like just, uh, what are you going to do? Are you going to play some golf? Are you going to go to church? Like, what, what's, what's your vision? And they were like, nothing. I'm like, okay, I get it. Like retirement, you know, you're going to chill out. You're going to sit on the back porch. What are you going to do? Like there has to be something. And they're like, nothing. Like we, we, we don't have a strong community. We don't do any sports. Like we'll probably just sit around, watch TV, uh, occasionally see the kids. And I just remember being like, no, like this, this is not success. Like this, <laughs> this will fail. Like, but, but also I'm not okay with your life choices. Yeah, like, well, what, <laughs> I, how are you living like this? Like you, you, you can't, there, there's something missing here. Like I, but, but I'm also like, I, I don't need to, I, I've been coached again to be like, don't go there. Like, don't, like this, this is not the thing. Like it's switch back to like get back to where you're comfortable and be like, we are selling Disney and you're buying Nike. Like we need to shift a little bit from equities to fixed income. I just remember, oh my goodness. Like what, what, what are, what's the point of this? If like, that's the answer I get back. And sure enough, within the next year, um, you know, they, they had retired and then they were both back at work because they didn't have those other pieces in place. Um, and and I, I think it's just another one of those pieces where it's like, it just sat with me. And, and this is where it's like, it sat with me for years, um, like through the great financial crisis, like still kind of knew the world as like, gather assets, AUM, like how do you charge? Like, I mean, that was day to day how things worked. I mean, that's what success was. That's how you become the million dollar producer. Um, it just didn't, like something was missing. Something was missing. Yeah. And it sounds too like <laughs> there may have been a moment where you were in love with the idea of being a financial advisor, but because of the mismatch in your 
situation and your circumstances, you were not in love with being financial advisor. Like it was just, it didn't, everything about it seemed right. But when you're in it, it still didn't match. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, it's just like, you know, as I would talk about it now, it's like, who, who are you surrounding yourself with? And like, what's the environment and how are you supporting one another? Like, those are really important things to like living a good life. Um, and, and it's just like, how are those things missing for these people where, you know, it's just like accumulate and accumulate and, and it's like never enough. Um, yeah. Yeah. I'm, just, I'm, yeah. I'm thinking of like one of the top advisors where like he did this kind of, um, you know, yucky kind of like, I never wanted to be a top advisor. I just wanted to be at the bottom of the top quartile. Like, you know, I mean, I wasn't, I wasn't aiming for this. And then on the background, like he was the sales manager and he was the guy that hired people. And he was the one that when he fired someone, he took over all their accounts mm. and he did that for a decade. Oh, that's convenient. And I mean, it was just like, on the one hand, you're kind of like, oh, you know, I, I just wanted to do this small little thing. And then it's like, you are vicious. And like mm -hmm. people from your team have left and like you have sued them and you have gone after them aggressively. You have driven to clients' houses because they signed ACAP paperwork. To, I'm like, whoa, like this is what success is. Like mm. who are these people? Uh, mm. that, uh, had, I can't imagine how unsettling that would have been for me to know that I've chosen this profession. I'm in this career at this place and these people are contributing to the reputation of this mm -hmm. business like <laughs> yeah i mean not gonna lie like that would have been almost a deal breaker for me if if not if not yes because that because you're right it, it's who you're surrounding yourself with and and so like what's so interesting to me is i would everything i know about you <laughs> like that would be a deal breaker for you. And so how, like you said, it sat, you, it sat with you for a while through the great financial crisis. How long were you at this firm? Uh, I think it was six years in total. Um, and then uh, part of the shift was, I, I kind of thought if I shift a little bit more towards investments and portfolio management, that might be the answer because uh, mm. now, now I don't have to like, you know, sit across from someone and feel like I'm robbing them blind. Um, yeah. I, I can, you know, focus more on investment opportunities and um, really dive deep into research. Uh, so I 
switched from Merrill to UBS and over the course of uh, that next decade, um, we went from about 900 million to when I left, it was at 2.8 billion. Um, yeah. And cool. it, it was it was obviously a lot of growth. Um, and it was just really a big shift too, of again, like uh, shifting towards the investment side, still having like a foot with clients and, and helping them. Um, but it was definitely a different atmosphere. Um, yeah, but different good? I, I thought initially it was, but mm. it it's just like those same things emerged. Um, mm-hmm. And one of the ones that just like, just still like occurs to me is, um, so we had a client uh, that um, this couple had $7 million and they spent $100,000 per year. Um, you know, I mean, it's, it's, it's pretty easy math to say like they won, right? Like they yeah. were very content people. Um, they had a lot of hobbies, right? Like he did Taekwondo, they, they raised whippets. Um, like he was really into woodworking. She did like these quilting and like in, in competitions type of thing. Like they had yeah. some amazing hobbies. Um, yeah. their, their daughter, was, they were doing everything they wanted to. Yeah. Like, and yeah. I, I just remember kind of like talking through with my boss where I was like, you know, I, I really think what makes sense for them is basically doing more gifting to their daughter or doing more gifting to their church, um, decreasing the risk of their portfolio because, you know, not totally, but like at some level, it's like, yeah, they can lose a million dollars just by math, right? Like that's down 14%. That's yeah, They've got to live 70 more years in order to spend all of their money. Yeah. So it, it, my boss was like, just one of those like, hurt us. Do, do you not understand how this works? You take the risk because that seven goes to 14. You're able to double the fees. Like you don't tell them to start gifting away the money like you tell them that happened when they're dead. Like mm. you, you're, you're going about this the wrong way. Like you can grow the fees so much more if you can take more risk. In fact, based off of how little they spend, you can probably tell them to take more risk because they can afford it. And I'm just like, oh, come on. Like you're supposed to that be- makes my heart a- cry. <laughs> Part of the good teams, right? Like we're, we're supposed to yeah. be doing the right things for clients. And that's kind of like part of the story that is getting told. Um, and it just, you know, continued to kind of like push on me and just pull me a little mm-hmm. bit um, to be like, what, what am I, what am I doing? Like, I, I mean, it's, it's, it's again, like straight and narrow, like the, there's, there's success around a lot of this, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. That's what I was just about to say. And, yeah. and yet like what an idiot I am. I'm sitting there going like, I don't like it. I, uh, I mean, I keep doing it. Um, right. I don't, I don't know what else to do. Um, and then, you know, it just slowly kind of shifted towards really saying like, can we do it differently? Um, and I, and I think that's where I just, 
kind of understood like what an RIA was finally, like in, in a way that was positive. Um, yeah. Whereas previously, I don't, I don't, I don't know how many people know the like Merrill culture, but like, you know, I know people that literally had like the bowl as their birthday cake. Like, you know, you, you talked about your LOS, like your length of service at Merrill. Like, oh I mean, it was, it was how people talked on conference calls. Like, hello, this is Curtis, uh, LOS six, uh, blah, blah, blah. Like, you, you know, Hey, this is John LOS 52. Like, I'm like, <laughs> but I mean, that was the thing that was like the spirit, like the, the thundering herd of like, we are it, like we are where you want to be. Um, and like, mm. you know, these, these small little businesses don't, don't really do the things that we do for clients, um, which is nonsense. Like when the successful people around you are constantly chipping away at the ability for you to be successful, if you go and do those things, they, there's this, it, it, this, idea that's sewn into you without you even realizing you accept this information as truth without even realizing it. Right. Right. And, and so I like, I want to take just a step back and say that is more than likely absolutely where I would have been mm -hmm. is, okay, how do I, <sighs> How do I keep me, but also be successful? Right. Yeah. And, and you just, but it's sad. Like it's sad. It's kind of sad. Yeah, you, you learn to wear a mask, right? Like, yeah. um, you, you know, you, you, you literally like put on the suit and like, it's your business armor and like, that's who you are right then. Um, mm -hmm. and just hopefully for a lot of people, um, you have those other things that can be outlets for you. Um, you know, in, in endurance sports kind of being one of those for me. Um, I, I also think at some level it's the explanation for all of the like credentials and stuff where it was like finding something that gave like some level of like purpose, um, purpose, you know? Um, yeah. Um, I have a million reasons why I feel like I'm constantly chasing success, but this is not actually a show about me. This is today a show about you. We can change this um, now. I can start asking you questions. No, no, no. <laughs> no, no, no. That's not part of the agreement that we signed. Um, what, what do you think that it was about you that kept pushing you toward figuring out success? Like, why was it important to stay and find that success? I, I think, you know, it's, it's like you said, like, I mean, it's, it's kind of like what you're told is kind of what you understand where it's, you know, like keep climbing, keep pushing, like growth, 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 growth. Um, and, you know, you get compensation, so then you can go do these other things. Yeah, yeah. You live for the weekend. Yeah. Um, and, and I think part of the thing that um, 
I don't think I've ever like with advisors talked about this before. Um, so one of the things that I think helped me shift um, was one of my good friends and he, he he's an artist, um, uh, does sculpture work and painting and um, just an all around great, great human being. Um, and I was lamenting to him of like, oh man, like, you know, trying to do this vacation and blah, blah, blah. And like, you know, like I'm trying to do this and that with like my portfolio and like investing and saving and blah, blah. And he's like, shut up. (laughs) And, 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 you know, like, no, like, come on, like feel me here. Like, I'm trying to max out my 401k and and he's like I went to Japan. I I went to Japan. Like I don't make anything near what, what you do. Like <laughs> you are just making up excuses to not live your life. And it it just was part of that like th- there's you know this like long tail of like things that just like sit with you and and at some point you kind of break this like all shifts right and you're just like oh like now like this all of this shifted in a way that's like man the, like how, how didn't i see all of this before and and that was like one of those moments that i was like yeah like that's the point of money isn't it like go go live your your life and mm-hmm. like you, you begin to recognize those points of um, I, I always hate that I go back to like these terms, but it's like the million dollar client is envious of the two million dollar client, and the two million of the five million, and the, them of the ten million, and like the half a billion dollar client, which I worked with, is pissed that they don't have a billion dollars. Like, <laughs> what was the point of all of that? All of that sacrifice? Yeah. Like oh. you, you know. Ah. It's just like there's something missing there deeply around being a a person and having things that bring you joy. Um, The meaning of all of that. Yeah, like, you know, being able to be present as your kids grow. Um, Like, I, um, you know, I'm, I'm like beginning to like fume here. So like I, I need to like stop myself, but I remember like one of the advisors that I uh, worked with was was talking about how you know he he would call his wife and be like oh I'm working late and I can't be at the soccer game, and I just remember being like, what's wrong with you? Why? Like what? Like there's 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 clearly no value you're driving by working at six thirty tonight. Like, why aren't you there for your kids? And I mean, it's it's like, wasn't the whole point the of this? That like, just don't, hangs, right? Yeah, don't you say like you're doing this all for your kids, but then you're not actually present with your kids? Like, don't you realize that's like the thing that they care about? Like, they they actually care about you, not the money that you have. Um, yeah, I don't know. 
Has anyone talked about like uh, that, that like different thought process around like the marshmallow test? No. Okay. So um, great. I, I clearly sold this from someone. So I apologize to whoever okay. I sold this from. But, like the marshmallow <laughs> test is, you know, they, they put the marshmallow and kid and they say don't eat it. And if you if you wait, you get another one. And you know, it's, it's, it's this really great story of kind of like if you're able to defer gratification, like you, you, you win, right? Yeah. But at some point you have to realize like you have too many marshmallows to eat and you need to have some friends around with you. And if you keep missing that connection, like, yeah, there's a point that you should enjoy your marshmallows. Like, yeah. and, and it's, you know, clearly at some level, like you have to get some marshmallows but finding that right balance is, I think, a big piece of what was such a, a mental shift for me to, mm-hmm. to really um, go towards this thing of like, rich is loud, wealth is quiet. So did, this, like, did you just have a moment of epiphany, like, I can't do this anymore? Or was it just the slow turning of... I can't do this or I, I don't like this. I don't like my environment. What else is possible? And then just continuing to kind of like beat against the door to figure out. Yeah. I, I mean, it, it took me three years between when I bought the domain for quietwealth.net mm-hmm. to when I actually launched. Um, mm-hmm. So that idea really had grown within me. Um, and it just shifted over time to what's the, what's the right way to build this firm and trying to, um, be new, not improved. Meaning I didn't want to be 2.0. I didn't want to do the same thing and do it better. I wanted to do something intentionally different and have different conversations and, work with people in a different way and instead just try to really help people reorient um, towards Mm -hmm. what, what again, like what are you actually trying to do and get through a few layers there of the normal answers? Because I I think that was kind of the thing for me too, which is like, well, I want to be successful, right? Like, and, and successful is X, Y, and Z. It's like, well, is that like, what, what is success really? Like, you, you know, people that you've said are successful and have lived great lives that never worked hundred hour weeks. Like, yeah. you, you know, and I think going through that myself and having kind of that long dialogue of like, what's the purpose of this? kind of came around to being able to make sure that when I'm actually sitting down with clients, um, I'm having those similar types of conversations. Um, yeah. Because ultimately, the more those things are structurally set up the right way, um, it, it's the, you know, the more everything else just supports that. Like the, the whole point of all of this is to make sure that you can send your kids to Montessori school and 
You know, you can gift to them when they're, they're buying a house. Um, you can take that month-long vacation in Australia. Like, yeah. those are the things that, you know, come out in your some way like, now we're talking, right? Like, you didn't think you were allowed that. Like, and you were, and you deserve it. And, yeah. oh my goodness, like, it, it, it just feels so different to, mm-hmm. to, like, tell people to, like, stop. Like, you understand that, like, that's what it was all for. Like, right here, right now, this is what you were working so hard for, and you can do it. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, yeah, I... uh, Yeah. The reason I had a conversation with you was because you reached out to me on Twitter and asked, it was, I mean, very forward, but it was, like... In, in a purposeful way, very kind, like, can I have your address? Um, and here's why. And your story to me was that you wanted to send me a copy of your book, which is awesome. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I'll have it in the show notes and I encourage everybody to pick up a copy of it. It's around these exact same ideas and it's designed for people who are thinking about retirement and, um, and, and how to, consider more meaning, uh, in their retirement lives. So I'll have that in the show notes, but you know, your offer was to send me a copy of the book and the, it is a gesture because you felt as though when you were in that place, that three years of kind of trying to decide whether you could take the leap and launch your firm, my frustrations that I was venting on uh, Twitter about compliance and the warehouse and like all the issues that I'd had with that um, gave you a different narrative than what you were hearing maybe in your own firm that yes, there's purpose and like, there's a reason to be frustrated. It's like validating your frustration and then also giving a like because I, I, I shared a lot of stories of successes of friends of mine who have RIAs it, it, you know providing that message to you that this is possible and you can do it right so that's one really cool and all that's kind of coming together for me in this moment the other thing is I don't think I've ever told you this because you told me you know because of like you were a huge inspiration in me leaving my warehouse to open my own firm. And I was like, Oh shit. I really think I said it out loud in that moment as I'm reading yeah. your message. Cause I'm like, Oh my God, like I've just changed the course of someone's life. I don't, does he have kids? Does he have yeah, I do, right? Like to see you being able to move from this idea of what I need to adapt to, to be able to have success versus how do I build a meaningful life mm-hmm. for myself and my family all within the same kind of career, right? It's all in financial services, right. but that shift in you, um, I don't know. I, I, I don't feel like I did anything on purpose to be a part of that, but I'm very thankful. I, 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 I am confident without actually knowing stories where I'm like, you have helped hundreds of advisors, right? And, and they feel more comfortable being themselves because of you, because you're willing to, you know, deadlift and, and, and snatch. And like, I, I, I'm like, 
I can't even like get my arms up the right way. Uh, <laughs> but it's, uh, you know, I, I think that's, that's the piece of it, which is right. Like you're Thank you. showing up with that message, even where it's like, it's not, you know, critically thought out on paper, but it's there within your ethos. And like, I want to be Curtis. I don't want yeah. to be Mr. Bailey. You know, I, I don't want to be Mr. Bailey, CFA, CF, like, right? Like, that's not who I wanted to be. Like, I, I wanted to be the, you know, client's friend, their advocate. Um, and mm. I, I think that's where that really connected um, with me. There's so many moments, I feel like, that if you had not chosen just to keep listening to that little, um, that nudge or that kind of thorn in your side where it was like, something's not right. Something's not right. Something's not right. Something's not right. Um, that, that you wouldn't be here. And there are clearly clients that you are giving, helping them give permission to themselves Mm -hmm. to, to spend the wealth that they have so diligently saved in ways that won't blow up their plan. Um, and, and I think that's a, a, that's such an incredible gift to give someone is the meaning behind their money. Mm -hmm. And so it's, it's very, it's very cool to see all that come together and really important to acknowledge the fact that you just didn't continue to shove it down. Like, leave me alone. I want to like their success here. Leave me alone. Their success here. Cause I think there's a lot of people in the industry that are either in that moment or that, you know, may have, may have done that for so long that they mm-hmm. don't hear it any longer in their career, but it's blown up other pieces of their life uh, as a result. Uh, Cause it always, it always shows up. It shows up somewhere. Mm-hmm. Fully believe that. Um, so cheers to you for listening to that. Is there anything that you would say to, for example, if somebody's listening, that's kind of in that moment and they, they don't know what to do. They know they can't leave because there's a real reasons why people can't or and choose not to leave in the moment. Right. Um, it's, sometimes it's financial. They're providing for their family. This actually is the right place to be in order to do that. And they've got to take a strategic measured approach like you did to make that transition. But in that moment, man, I, I can remember, I will probably never forget just how much tension I felt of, this is not right for me, but I cannot, cannot make that move yet. Like, what would you offer as a, a way to deal with those, with that piece of the journey? Yeah. Um, it's such a important question. And I think one piece of it is try to start showing up more at your present place. Um, Mm. I, that's a good answer. It's, it's something that I, I can only say like retrospectively, um, but it's something I started to do. I, I think another piece of it is start trying to figure out maybe what you really want, like what, mm. 
what would a good transition look like for you? And then I, I think if you can begin to articulate that to some people, connections can be made there. The first piece, uh, all I could think whenever you were saying show up as yourself was courage, mm-hmm. because I think that requires uh, a commitment to some courage in, in doing so. Um, and then absolutely, I believe in the connections piece mm-hmm. as a, an important part of finding your right fit. And also for people that have found that fit, you know, like you and I, that is a massive way that we can pay it forward is to provide those connections for people that are still working to figure it out. And in a, in a way, so to me, if you have more privilege than others, then you have more, uh, more, more opportunity to pay it Mm -hmm. forward. And when I look around and I see privileged people who are doing that, I have no issue with it whatsoever. When I'm, you know, what I take issue with is when people hoard it and, and don't share the resources and don't consider the, the opportunity to help even not even financially, just with the other pieces of your power. So the fact that, that I, I get to know this and about you and learn from you and have this conversation with you is so meaningful to me. Thank you for the conversation and honored Thank that you. you included me in uh, your show. Um, I, I don't feel like I deserve that, but um, thank you nevertheless. Um, ways for people to get in touch with Curtis would be, what are your favorite ways for people to get, reach out to you? Uh, phone calls. Uh, okay. I mean, in a yeah. literal sense, like I, I do actually like good phone calls, uh, which, I mean, this is on my website, like, you know, it's 513-341-8721, uh, but uh, quiet underscore wealth on Twitter. Uh, if you're into LinkedIn, I'm on there. Um, Curtis Bailey. Yep. Curtis Bailey. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Shoot me an email, uh, call me, text me, the same number gets text. Um, yeah, I'd love to connect and, um, all right. Your book quality time left. Yes. Uh, where, where can people get a copy of that? Uh, so Amazon, uh, Kobo, okay. uh, if you digital, um, it, yeah, so, so you could do digital copies there. You can, uh, it, it's only a paperback. Um, and then if you wanted to, you could uh, ask your library to purchase it or like a local bookstore. Um, so I am set up, um, so that people can buy it that way. Yeah. That's neat. Uh, I love that. It's it's crazy. I never really thought about asking my library to purchase a copy of a book I wanted to read. That's such a cool thought. Yeah. If you loved this episode of The Breakthrough Factor, don't forget to hit the subscribe button so that you can listen to more conversations with guests like Curtis and others who have had breakthrough moments. And if you know someone or you yourself have had a breakthrough moment in your life, I would love to hear you. Please reach out. We can have a conversation about your moment and talk about getting you on the podcast to share that with our guests. And finally, I appreciate your reviews. They 
actually, I take them to heart. I am always looking to learn and grow and bring content to you in a way that is easy to digest and is meaningful to you. So please reach out and please continue to give that feedback to me. Cheers, friends. And as always, go lift heavy and be kind.